Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Uh, we're going to do a series here uh, in the month of January uh, just about basic things, just reminders, the big picture reminders of what the Christian life is about. And just take time to make sure that 2023 is an encouraging year and a year in which we focus uh, our minds on God and, and how to live for Him. So here's the big idea out of today's message from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. You're going to see the command to get wisdom and understanding. So that's why it's in the, uh, the main idea that we want you to carry home today. All right. So would you look at the screen here and see what the big idea here is today? Get wisdom. You will give an account at the judgment seat for your life and work. So we're going to look at the big picture of, of life today, what it's really all about, why are we here, all right? So answering some of those grand questions. All right, Proverbs 4, 7 says this, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So, get wisdom. Would you say that with me? Get wisdom. The idea here in the Hebrew is actually a commercial transaction to purchase it. Life seems to be all about getting what we get. And we see bumper stickers, he who has the most toy wins, right? Uh, and so in America and in wealthy nations throughout the world seems to be the collection of getting all the material possessions. Well, God counters that. God challenges that. He comes to us with his authority and he says, here's something that you should really buy. Because this won't disappoint you in life. Get wisdom. You know, technology can be somewhat disappointing. Uh, we were watching old family videos from about 20 years ago. And so, you know, we haven't taken the time to transfer those off, off of high-definition 8 tapes. All right? And so we ended up purchasing a battery for the camcorder, but it won't charge. So now we're thinking, oh, great, what do we do? All of our family memories, are they, are they dead, you know? Or we're going to have to spend big money to take them to some person that will upload them to, a, you know, a different format. And then 20 years from now, that format doesn't work anymore, you know? So what do you do with your, your family memories? And so that, that's kind of disappointing. And uh, we get so excited about acquiring or getting new technology for Christmas, right? But then it just, after a couple of years, uh, glitches show up and we get all these notices from the manufacturer, make sure you're updating your software on this because there's a potential for, uh, you know, all of the, the things that are out there to happen to your computer. So here's what God says. Get wisdom. So that's what we want to convey today, um, this commercial transaction. So let, let's just be honest here. There's a price to pay. Christian life is not a life of roses. If someone told you that when you became a Christian, life was going to be all easy, they didn't exactly tell you the truth. Jesus says that there's a great cost 
to being a disciple. Matter of fact, Jesus said, you have to take up your cross and follow him. Well, what's the, the price of the cross? Well, that's death to self. So if we're really going to go after wisdom and live for the things that really count in life, then we actually have to end up living life for God to get wisdom in this regard. So, you know, there's a, a lot of things that parents and grandparents can teach us, but only you can actually receive truth into your heart. So in 2023, do you want to get wisdom? Do you want to receive this truth into your life? With all thy getting, and so that's the lifestyle of millions of people today. Life is just an endless routine of getting. And so was the life of the rich, young ruler, which is actually foolish. He came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to, to have eternal life? And Jesus said, go and sell all that you have. Well, what was the cost to that? He went away sorrowful. He looked at Jesus, and he looked at his possessions, and he said, really? I don't want to give up my possessions. I don't want to give up my life. I want to continue living that life. So get wisdom. It's a purchase. There's a price to pay. And so we need to do this. Right? So the Lord said to another, uh, in another story, Thou fool, this night shall thy life be required of thee, then whose things shall these be, which thou hast provided? Well, you can't really take it with you, can you? So in all thy getting, get wisdom. Now Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, you can turn there. And uh, so what is wisdom? All right, someone has said that wisdom is knowing and then doing the will of God. Wisdom is knowing and then doing the will of God. Would you say that with me? What is wisdom? It is knowing and doing the will of God. And so Jesus reminds us of this in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and then what's the next phrase? And doeth them. I will liken unto, uh, unto a what kind of man? A wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Now, I hope that you didn't have any problems with water over the last few days. All right? uh, several years ago, when we first obtained the Bryce house, uh, the back patio area had those translucent panels that were quite old, and they had holes in them and um, there was no drain system in the backyard, and the water would get maybe four inches deep in the backyard, and the soil level was actually higher than the house, so the water would run towards the house, and there were a couple of times I was very certain that the water was going to breach the, the, the slider threshold and go in to the house, and so uh, we've taken care of that. We've excavated the backyard down. We've put in drain fields, and so none of that was an issue during all of these storms. And those were some pretty good storms. And so floodwaters, raging waters, can do damage quickly. 
And Jesus says, a wise man is like an, unto a, a, this person who built his house on solid rock and the flood waters come and the house is safe, but a foolish man is like the man who builds his house on the, the sandy flats and the storms of life come and wash it away because he's not listening to the words of Jesus. Hey, listen, can I encourage you, and I, I hope to encourage you here in a few minutes, all right? God is going to reward us. There's going to be some benefit in the future for listening to his words. But it's not only then. It's not like a little dot way out in eternity that's someday way out there, all right? There, there's benefit now in listening and doing the words of Jesus. So what does Jesus tell you? Have you read the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Jesus, when he first spoke his words, they didn't come out in red letters, all right? But in your modern-day Bibles, uh, a lot of them have the words of Jesus in red letters. So if you just go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read the words of Jesus, well, some of your Bibles put it in red. So maybe that's a way that you can read the Bible this year. To start with Matthew, look for the red letters, and what did Jesus say? What does Jesus want you to do? What was he after for us in our lives? All right, let's uh, close, close this point out by going over to Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. So you see here, Proverbs 4, 7 on the screen, right in the middle, our proposition for today is underlined, get wisdom, and then our first point is wisdom is hearing and doing the words of Jesus, and we read Matthew 7, 24, but we're going to close this point out by reading Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days to know or to understand to properly number or appreciate the shortness of our days so that we can be wise a wise person will say to themselves life is short i have to live the way jesus has given instruction i have to to live my life the way that jesus wants me to live so teach us to number our days. Oh, we know James says that life is but a vapor. It appears for a little while and it vanishes away. So it's been cold enough out here recently where you can see your breath and uh, then that breath just vanishes away. Well, that's, that's life, right? The average lifespan in the United States, I think, is like 78 years old. And so very few people make it into their hundreds, like 1% of the population. So 99% of us are going to be gone before we reach 100. Life is short. Now, I don't mean to discourage you by that, right? Because this physical life is not the only life that there is. There is life eternal. But it is during this life where you have an opportunity to live for Jesus, worship and love him, and go to work for him, 
And then when you meet God on Judgment Day, to be rewarded by him. So let's, let's move on and look at this next point here. And so point number two is not only do we want to get wisdom, all right, but let's be ready to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's a little bit different than saying prepare to meet your maker, all right? Yeah, I think I've shared this with you before. There's a billboard down in San Diego that the Marines had put up that says we don't judge any man. We just arrange the appointments, all right? Um, well, what God is telling you is that there is an appointment when you will meet him face to face. So teach us to number our days. Life is short. We're going to meet God. Now, hopefully this is encouraging to you as a Christian. And here's what's going to be encouraging. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear uh, before the judgment seat of Christ. So the judgment seat is a day in which we will show up before God. That, that's a foundational Christian truth. You will meet Jesus Christ, your Savior. You're going to appear there. You can even not believe that, and it's still going to happen, because it's a fact. Your unbelief doesn't change reality. And so we all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, I'm not talking about a judgment for people who don't know Jesus Christ. That's, that's a completely different judgment. All right? This is the judgment seat of Christ. This is where he rewards us for what we've done with our life, how we've used our bodies for his glory. So, yeah, you could be sitting out there right now and you could be terrified that I'm talking about meeting God face-to-face in the judgment, I don't want you to be terrified that way, even though it is a terrifying thing to meet God. But God is trying to encourage you here today that you're going to receive. Did you notice that? Receive the things. So there's going to be some rewards. Now, you're going to say, well, maybe I'm not exactly using my body for God's glory. I know I'm a Christian, but I'm really just not living for Jesus right now with my body and my life. All right? Well, I've got some things to share with you here in just a minute. But first of all, just remember this, that the judgment seat of Christ is a reality. We will all be there someday. Every believer will have his life reviewed. So the must here is inescapable, all right? We must appear. The judgment in here is a parental it is not retribution, per se, as much as it is rewards or remunerative judgment. So it's not whether you're saved or not. The issue is, what has each believer done with his life, their spiritual gifts, and the opportunities to serve Jesus during your time of life? Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and this is uh, a place that I think will encourage you. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 13 through 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15. <clears throat> 
Beginning in verse 13, 1 Corinthians 3, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. All right, go back up to verse 12, and I want you to notice the phrase that says, if anyone builds. So I guess the if there is conditional. You as a Christian, you don't have to build. I mean, you can suffer loss. I guess that's an option, right? But I, I don't think any of us want to do that. I think we all want to see some kind of reward. Now, remember, this is not a judgment for those who are unbelievers. That's called the great white throne judgment. That's found in Revelation chapter 20. And whosoever is not found written in the Lamb's book of life is cast into the lake of fire. And so that's, that's eternal Gehenna hell. And Jesus died so you don't have to go there. So if you're here today not as a believer, believe in Jesus and you don't have to go to hell. But what we're talking about is a judgment for believers. You appear before the judgment seat and you have the good and the bad together. And God's refining fire goes across your life. And fiery judgment. And the bad will disappear and be burned up. But the good will remain. And so there's contrasting materials that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Wood, hay, and straw. All of that gets burned with fire. But gold, silver, and precious stones, they only are refined and come out even stronger and purer because of fire. So the quality of your life. So folks, does it matter the way that you live for Jesus now in this lifetime? Yeah, it does. But God is trying to motivate us and to encourage us by saying he has some rewards to give out. When I played high school sports, whether it was soccer or baseball or basketball, uh, especially in basketball, our school was really good at that. Uh, we were always in contention in our like seven or eight team conference uh, for winning the conference. And uh, we, we thrived for the prize of the winning season, a, a trophy at the end of the year. Right? So there's a, a whole bunch of teams that are getting ready to do their very best to carry away the Lombardi Trophy here in February, right? Just uh, gearing up. And so they're all going to be doing their very best. And those teams that are going to be in what we call the playoffs, and the college teams played last night. Did you watch those games or part of the games? All right. Uh, very close. If you're from the Midwest, sorry. It was the Southeast that won, all right? But now, uh, come here in a couple of weeks, there's going to be a national championship. Well, those young people 
are going to be putting everything they have into winning the reward. And when they win that reward, there's going to be great joy in their life. Well, that's maybe a way that we can compare the Christian life. Folks, you're competing right now. Term that I learned a few years ago um, when I was running uh, long distances was a PR. And I was like, what's a PR? You know, it's like, well, that's a personal record, all right? And it's like, oh, okay, well, because I'll just be honest. I mean, I was in my late 30s, early 40s, and guys that were my age now, 55, uh, they were smoking me, right? It's like, how can they do that? You know, they're 20 years older than me, and they're, they're smoking me out there. Well, so I just learned that you're not going to be the fastest preacher in all the world, all right? So you just have to go out and do your personal best and push yourself to your personal record. And so I was always striving to be just a little bit faster, to run a little bit longer, uh, just to keep going. So you're not necessarily comparing yourself in competition with other Christians. But before the eyes of your Savior, are you trying to get your personal best, the personal record? Right? Are you striving to meet him someday to present him a quality life and to come away with the reward. Okay, look at verse 14. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a what? A reward. It will be worth it all. Can you say that with me? It will be worth it all. One more time. It will be worth it all. So let's not lose sight of the finish line. The author of Hebrews says, keep running the race. Paul says, keep pressing on. So remember, you will receive a reward. So verse 12, it's a condition, if. But reward here is not judgment for sin. Christ has clearly paid the penalty for sin, and he's paid that price so that no believer will ever be judged for sin. This is only to determine eternal reward. Now, look at the end of verse 15. All right? So this is what some gets confusing for some believers. So, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be what? Saved. So when you're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and you see fire and being burned up, you're thinking, oh no, is that the loss of my eternal life? No. Jesus paid for that. He suffered the penalty so that you will never have to do that. But you present your life before him and the quality of your Christian life, is it wood, hay, and straw quality? Well, that's going to get burned up in judgment. So is your life as a Christian, is it materialistic-oriented? Is it comfort-oriented? Are you really getting wisdom? Are you paying the price? Are you really listening and then doing the words of Jesus? Because we will 
stand before God one day. So we must all appear before the judgment seat. All right, and then let's look at this uh, last point here, and just a reminder of the big idea. Get wisdom, you'll give an account of the judgment seat for your life and works. And so wisdom is doing and maintaining good works. And this is our closing point. Let's go over to Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Titus chapter 3, verse 8. So first and second Timothy, and then Titus. And it was, comes right before the book of Philemon. Titus chapter 3, verse 8 says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So a pastor's job is to consistently remind you of truth that you as a believer are to be cautious, careful, attentive to maintain good works because there is profit in them for you even now. So the benefit is for you. Did you know every command ultimately glorifies God, but God's glory is always our best? Did you know that? God's glory is our best. And so God's commands, when we obey them, they benefit us, they bless us. And so here's the, the idea. These things are good and profitable unto men. So there's some reward in this. If you'll listen to the words of Jesus, there's reward, there's blessing, there's benefit in it. And this is a faithful saying. This is true. This is a reality. It's not fiction or fantasy. This is a faithful saying. These things I will affirm, uh, will that thou affirm constantly. So a pastor's job is to remind you constantly, consistently to keep on living for the Lord. Keep pressing on. They which have believed in God, so this is for believers, might be careful to maintain good works. So to be careful is to think or consider, to take careful thought. Now, some people go through this time of year and they come up with New Year's resolutions, all right, because they're trying to think about their life. All right, so let's think about this. As a Christian, maybe today would be a good day to resolve. I'm going to read my Bible more this year. Several ways you can do that. There's printed copies of it. Uh, you can go to your smartphone, and uh, you can look at different programs and apps on there just to, to get you reading through and listening to the Bible. And so just be reading the Word of God. Maybe if a pastor is supposed to consistently teach these things, maybe you need to consistently place yourself under the teaching instead of maybe twice a month attendance. Maybe you're going to work at it this year for three-time attendance in a month, all right? Um, maybe it's you're going to invite somebody to church on a regular basis. You're going to look for one opportunity in a week, one person a week. I'm going to invite somebody for... Maybe instead of 
five-minute prayer life this year. Maybe it's seven-minute prayer life this year. But you're, you're going to keep pressing on. You're going to be careful. You're going to be evaluating these things. Now, to maintain um, is really kind of a misleading word for us to consider because when we maintain something, we're trying not to lose what we've gained. All right? So it, it's interesting when you watch football strategy and it comes down to the fourth quarter and the last maybe five or six minutes of the game, and a team has got the lead, you, you watch the philosophy of the coach. Are they playing not to lose? Or are they playing to win? There's a difference there. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so this is what God is saying when he says to be careful to maintain, is that you're not living life not just to lose, but you're actually living life to win, to lead. Christians are to be leaders in the world when it comes to be doing good works. That's what we're exhorted to do. So it could be simple stuff, like take your neighbor's garbage cans down to the curb or pull them up from the curb or hold the door at the post office and, uh, for somebody that's carrying a package and when they say thank you, say, hey, you're so welcome. Just remember Jesus loves you. Yeah, you might not get the best of reactions, or you might. Years ago when I was running, I would run my runs early before uh, the day would begin, and you'd be surprised at how many people are out on the trails at that time of day. And as the sun's coming up, I'd just start greeting people. Hey, good morning. Remember, Jesus loves you. And on quite a few occasions, I had very positive comments. Thank you. I needed to hear that today. Hey, God bless you too. And so just remember to, to be careful, but to take the lead on this, okay? So the Holy Spirit through Paul was telling believers, we've got to take the lead in good works. Don't let the world get on their moral high horse, all right? Try to make you feel bad. Be the example. Be the leader. Think about what you can do in your community, but think about what you can do in your church. So be careful to maintain, not just keeping what you've got, but you've got to live to win, right? You've got to go out and exert yourself and go in, in this way. So this is the faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. You're going to meet God one day. You're going to stand before the judgment seat. What are you going to have to put in front of him? Now do I you see we're exhorted to be careful to maintain good works? That's going to be judged. Not for loss, but for reward. So win the prize. Paul put it that way. I press toward the mark. Right, he's, I'm going for the prize. There's, there's five crowns mentioned that we, can, that we can win. All right, let's close this out here uh, by going over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, 10. Now, we know Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the 
gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. All right? That's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. So if you want to know how to become a believer in Jesus, well, I'll let you in on what God says. It's not by anything that you do. It's by faith and grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. God's grace is his undeserved love and favor that reaches out to you, the sinner. And you repent of your sins and you put your trust in what Jesus did for you when he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. But then what is life about after you get saved? All right, so everybody carefully look here at Ephesians 2.10. Um, get your Bibles open, look at this. This is what it says. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. I love this word in the Greek. It's the Greek word poema, where we get the English word poem. Now, some of you are not poetry lovers. I would join you, all right? But I do exert myself to understand poetry, and poetry can be a very effective way of communicating. But it's composing. So in other words, we're God's original composition. We're created in Christ Jesus. He's writing a story of our life. So he's created us in Christ Jesus, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Do you know what the testimony of Jesus was? That he went about doing good. Jesus was the person that went about living his life doing good. So look, you have 365 days in 2022. Go about doing good. Commit a random act of kindness. All right? Go about doing good. And that was the life of Jesus. All right? Created it in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So this is God's predetermined, foreordained plan for Christians. What do Christians do? They look like Jesus, and they go about doing good. They do good works. Not to earn their salvation. Because Jesus paid for all of that. You can never earn salvation. But go about doing good to look like Jesus, and that's the way that God has designed for your life to be lived. That's God's plan for you. What is the, what is the purpose and meaning of life? Well, it's to fear God. Become a believer. And then once you're a believer, it's about going about and doing good. Be careful to maintain good works. If you're not maintaining good works and you're not careful about it, guess what? You're not following God's plan for your life. You need to follow God's plan for your life. So what are some good works? Well, there's all kinds of things that are out there. So let's think about the local church. Because the local church says, as you have opportunity to do good, do good to all men. We call that philanthropy. Okay? 
But then it says, but especially to those of the household of faith. So your efforts need to be to serve one another. The person that's to your left or your right, in front of you or behind you today, that's the person that you go about doing good for and toward them. Do good. Well, what can that be? Well, maybe that's helping out with the sound ministry. Maybe that's working in the nursery. Maybe that's working in Awana. Maybe that's encouraging people by having them into your home, preparing a good meal and having a pleasant conversation around the table and having a time of prayer. Uh, maybe it's mopping the floors and cleaning the toilets or serving by doing the yard work. Or maybe there's something that's not even done, that's not even in existence in the life of Calvary. Years and years ago, one of our deacons in my previous ministry, his wife died of cancer. And as he was grieving, he, he was reading the scriptures and trying to find comfort, but he's like, is there something practical that can put this all together that can walk me through the grief process? And so he found a Christ-based Christian grieving ministry called Grief Share. And then he remarried a couple of years later, and uh, his new wife, uh, who was a widow, she went through the same process. And the two of them sat down, and they talked it out, and they said, we need to help other Christians who are grieving when they've lost a loved one. And so for several years, they ran a Grief Share ministry in our church. And yes, our own people attended when there was a death in their own family, but people from the community came in. It was a way to reach out. We could do an addiction recovery program. So there's, there's all kinds of ways. So if you just use your imagination. But really, let me just ex exhort you this way. Okay? If you just look around you, you're always going to see human need. Is there a human need in Hollister? Absolutely. So you see a need and your heart connects with that. You've got the resource. You've got the giftedness. Go ahead. God says, I release you to go for it. Go take care of it. Be careful to maintain good works. And so the big idea today then is get wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing and doing the will or the words of Jesus. Because you're going to give an account at the judgment seat for your life and work. Not as a terrifying, frightful thing, unless you're just not building, you're not working, but as an encouraging thing. It's going to be worth it. God is going to give out rewards. So, believer, be careful to maintain good works. Go for it.